This episode of Let's Talk About Sex with Lynn and Jen is not intended as a substitute for seeing your own mental health provider. We are here to initiate conversations about sex. Let's keep the conversations going. You can find us on Twitter at TalkingSexPod or email us at TalkingSexPodcast at gmail.com. We also want to give special thanks to Nathan Diffie for our podcast cover art and our wonderful editor, Julia W.D. Harrison. Lynn Ponton and I, Jennifer Wong, are the executive producers. Yo. There's certain things that I can talk to you about that I can't really with my dad. I don't think we should talk about oh. this. Hello, this is uh, Lynn, uh, Lynn and Jen, and now two additional participants. Uh, we have with us today both Soy and Valerie to talk about uh, the issues related to social media readiness for teens. In our last podcast, we talked about introducing this model and the importance, really, of social media readiness. And today we're going to focus on the model in a little more depth and talk about how teens and adults and probably all of us really need to be prepared before we go on social media and we need to go through different steps. Uh, The three steps we're beginning to talk about today are scanning, scanning ourselves, scanning our bodies, getting prepared, mobilizing our resources, really identifying what we're looking for online, And then the final steps of getting ready for this process. So today we're going to begin by introducing Soy and Valerie. And if you could say a little bit more about yourself and your own interest in the subject. Uh, Yeah, sure. Thanks for inviting me back, Lynn and Jen. Uh, I really, you know, like I shared in the last uh, episode, I, I really think that my heart is in this particular topic because it's just so prevalent everywhere. And because it's so new, I think we still don't understand like the full impacts it's having on anyone, including young folks. So yeah, just uh, I'm, I'm an associate marriage and family therapist trying to get my license. And this is actually an area where I did uh, my thesis on except with adults. And it's just been a yeah very interesting topic for me. Yeah, welcome. And how about you, Valerie? Or do you go by Val, whatever you prefer? I go by either. So I agree with Soya. Like, I really do enjoy this topic. I am the Gen Z voice of this podcast today. So I will say that when I was a teenager, I really spent a lot of time on the internet because that's just how things were for me. And so I am very familiar with the subject. I've spent a lot of time on social media and I enjoy it, but I know it comes with a lot of stress as well. What do you think of all the recent changes, uh, Val, that are coming up about uh, highlighting difficult issues related to this? I mean, I think seeing, you know, really, really just kind of jarring current events Um, just sort of in your face can be a little alarming at first if you're not really used to, uh, if you're not on the internet to see some people just want to go on and have a good time. We don't really want to like see, you know, the climate change and the violence and things happening in other countries and people being in power that shouldn't be in power. It can all be very upsetting. Um, So when we talk about SMR and when we focus on the scanning part of social media readiness, I think the important part is, am I going to be okay if things like that do pop up? And I think that's an important thing for teens to really think about. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I I think one of the things that comes up is really understanding like what it is you're looking for and how to know, you know, like what is going on with you because you're talking about like knowing that you're doing these scans and like what are you scanning for, right? I think a lot of times people just engage with social media not necessarily thinking about all of these things. And that's really what we're introducing here. And I'm really excited to have all of our voices here because I think this is the type of topic that really spans a lot of our lives. And I think that there are a lot of different perspectives from a generational perspective that are going to be fun to kind of exchange here. There are like the overlaps, but then there are also the the ways that we relate to these things. I mean, talking about Gen Z versus, you know, I'm a millennial, I can think of a time in high school when I didn't have a cell phone, or I remember the like giant brick Nokia's where like, all you could do really was like call people, right? And so even the way that we relate to how social media is a part of our lives, I think is very different in in that sense. What about for you, Soy? Uh, What was it like for you growing up? Uh Yeah, so I too am a millennial, but I'm I feel like I've been told uh, repeatedly that I'm more on the old soul side because I don't have an Instagram and I only have a Facebook and I don't know how to use uh, Snapchat. (laughs) So it's just interesting. I grew up with a lot of technology because I was an only child for the most part. um, And that was kind of what I surrounded myself with. But then you know, as, as I've gotten older, just kind of seeing how it boomed and and impacted even just my personal relationships with people. Um, I have a little bias, and I think I shared this uh, before, I have a little bias against it now. I don't know how helpful it is, although research says otherwise, it can be helpful just depending on how it's being used. And I don't know that everyone is maybe aware of how it's really impacting them on a daily basis because it's so apparent and um, the long term, the longevity of it, does anyone really assess uh, how they feel after they're using it? It's just, it's really interesting. And I think one of the questions that we have on, on the scanning part piece of this model is, you know, am I feeling balanced? If you've grown up with social media in your life from birth to, you know, now, what is really balanced to them? What is that baseline without social media and with it? It's interesting to take a look at that. I think that's a really important question, Soy, because it, it pertains to my generation, kind of the boomers too, because the boomers are back on social media, particularly with COVID. They've been cut off from a lot of friends uh, and real reality-based social interactions. And we're in the social media and we've had to relearn it. But what you were talking about, and which I, I hope this model really gets at, is this question of how do you balance different aspects of your life with social media? How do you think about it before you go on it? How do you think about it and feel about it after you go on it? You know, so it's the whole process. And I feel like you, you mentioned, you know, you're a Luddite in this area. I feel like, boy, uh, I barely grew up with a party line phone in my house growing up and now we're in this. So it's a long way away from where I started. But we've got to learn and change and really know about these things. And another piece, you know, I, I just sparked by what you were saying, Lynn, is as millennials, Jen, maybe you can attest to this too, is 
we grew up with like the social media stuff kind of starting to be more apparent like we we didn't necessarily start with it right like we weren't there with it from birth but we saw the development of it and just how does that also impact people yeah i mean speaking to that i i think a lot about how social media is a tool and so going back to kind of what your research shows it really depends how you use it right and so i think a lot of the conversations that aren't being had around social media are around like how does the way we interact with social media reflect certain systemic beliefs that we hold within just our day-to-day lives and how that plays out you know things like sexism or things about what you can talk about what you can't talk about and i think it's always changing but i know one of the big things that came up early on was sort of that because a lot of social media is focused on the presentation aspect like how you're showing yourself that that really impacts teenagers because that is a time of our lives developmentally where we are figuring out those identity questions like who am I who do I want to be seen as and so you know being able to kind of connect with a larger audience and being exposed to more options I think is a really beautiful thing I also think it can be very confusing if you don't have some sort of core which you're working from that allows you to then explore kind of within yourself before you're engaging with these outside influences. And so, I mean, I think the way that I try to look at it is very much like, okay, if this is a tool how do we make sure that this is a tool that is like enhancing our lives rather than something that is creating a lot of harm? Working with teens, you know, one of working with teens, one of the questions I have is how do you get the teens who are focused largely on finding themselves through going online to really look inside before they go online? And I think the best way to do that is really with questions, really introduce questions that teens have to ask themselves before they go online, even one or two. And we do focus on that in the model, which is really about self-scanning, looking at feelings, looking at thoughts, and then summing up, are you really in a good place to go online based on what you're thinking and feeling at the moment? Yeah, I really like this sense of taking a pause before you even engage with your social media, because I think being able to even have that kind of starting point scan is going to help you be able to track whether anything changes while you're online. And so I think you know, it gives you a baseline from which to work for. So even if you weren't starting from a great place, you know, obviously it's not an ideal place to engage with social media. It's also important to be realistic that sometimes that's where people are at. And so being able to track though, like, okay, if I started in this place and I went online, did I feel worse? Did I feel better? You know, did did what I was looking for get accomplished? And I think we talked a little bit about that last time, Soy, kind of the different way you and I relate to seeing things on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think 
it's so important to have that baseline. And I think back to sort of my own teenage years, and it would have been so helpful to have something like this social media readiness framework in which to work through. And I'm curious if it would be helpful for the listeners. And and I know we talked about posting this up so that other people can read it and see it for themselves, is to maybe go through also some of the questions that we have listed here and maybe the model Maybe not the full model, but the model. (laughs) Yeah, I think we have time today to do at least the scan portion. And and you had brought up one of the questions about, am I feeling balanced? Would either you, Lynn or Val, like to share one of the other questions? So the questions that we have for teens to ask themselves and anyone really before, you know, using social media is, am I in a good place with my body? Am I seeking out body affirming content? Um, Am I in a good place with my feelings? Am I feeling depressed, anxious? Will this heighten symptoms of mental illness if I go on the internet? Is that something I want to do? Am I in a good place with my mind? Am I scattered? And then am I in a good place overall? And so I think, yeah, this goes back to the whole balance thing. Like, are we feeling balanced? Will this continue to make me feel worse and unbalanced? Do I want to go on the internet? It's really the question for scan, I think. That's the main question. I think before people go on and just to be aware of it is really, really important. I mean, this is only the first step. Then we've got other parts to the model. But if people do this, it helps a lot. What do you think, Soy, from your research? Do you think it would help uh, those you you had been talking with uh, others about going online? Do you think it would be helpful to have a model like this? Uh, I think so, yeah. I think, you know, just working with the the clients that I have, too, without giving too much detail, is it seems to be just something that, like, it happens automatically. It's not like I'm going to pause and think about how these interactions might affect my day. Um, just earlier, I had someone explain to me that like their phone was dead all day at work. And so when they went back home, they um, turned it on and didn't expect this thing on to pop up on their phone. And it and it impacted them negatively when they're already in a negative state. So just that pause can be very helpful. Also, uh, you know, with my thesis, I looked at how uh, romantic partners in a couple are impacted by the way that they use their um, smartphones. And while I didn't have any statist- statistically significant findings, there was a kind of an interesting pattern that showed up that the more someone had uh, spent time on their most used app on their smartphone, the lower they reported uh, their relationship quality to be. Um, and I thought, and you know, if this was an underpowered study, I think this could be a reason why there, you know, wasn't significance to that, that, that finding. Um, but it would be interesting to expand that and see if that theme is actually something worth looking at, if there's a correlation or causation. Well, it definitely fits in the model, which is really about you know, how to look at all these different parts of your life. And if you're losing your uh, relationships that are right there, when you go online, or if it's impacting negatively, even in part, that's a big issue. Yeah. Um, And, you know, are people even aware of that? (laughs) That's the other, that's the other part. And how can you identify it when there's nothing quantifying um, these findings? So I am thinking about what you said, how, It's like, how do you know if there's balance with social media when younger generations have always had social media? And like, sort of like with me, like, I don't know what it's like to 
not have social media in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe like... we have to understand each other's positions, Valerie. Yeah. That's part of this conversation. <laughs> I spent most of my years without it. So it's hard to believe that I'm in it and have to live with it. Yeah. I, I see what you're talking about. So I'm even conscious with my husband when he's on the phone and I'm on the phone, we're both on our apps, that it disconnects you for a period of time if you stay on too long. You see that. I mean, I'm aware of that at this age. So I'm sure it's impacting everywhere, you know, along the spectrum, even though the research maybe hasn't yet borne it out. Yeah. I mean, I'd be really interested to see even research that kind of builds on that, where like if you use a framework like this, where you have sort of these different pieces like scanning first, is that going to change kind of the way that you relate to the way you use your phone and you use these apps, right? Because I think that obviously is that awareness is going to affect sort of the the relationship quality itself. I mean, I think there's so much that we can talk about this. And today we're just focusing on the scan piece. Um, but I'm really grateful that all of us are here together having this conversation. And so I think for now, you know, let's let's kind of wrap this up with where we're at with this piece. Um, but definitely it's going to be an ongoing conversation that I'm excited to have with all of you. Thank I you too. so much all of you for being here it's it's great it's great to expand the conversation thanks everyone